it's Olivia. Hey, it's Larissa. And this is Breaking the Silence. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to our Breaking the Silence podcast. And we just want to say real quick that this is our 20th podcast. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is pretty crazy. We've been doing this for almost a year. We started in, what, May last we year? We did start in May. So, yeah. We're doing a, yeah, almost a year now. That's so insane. That is crazy. I know, man. So, yeah. Welcome it's back. it's exciting. Thanks for listening and tuning in with us. For those of you who've listened to every single one, because I know there's a few of you out there. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. We're and just going to... We're going to get right into our praise reports. Yeah, we got a long podcast today, so it is gonna, actually pretty long. We're we just gonna, we're like going to see what happens because we have a ton of notes. Yeah. So, if we're just going to see what happens. We might have to extend. We might we'll just see. You'll find out. So, for our praise reports today, we really just have one praise report and it's kind of um it's a, a personal praise report that I have. Um, I just had some, like, I guess, financial things that I was kind of concerned about for the past couple months or so. And, you know, I'm not not going to go into detail exactly about what it was and everything. But, um, honestly, God just, like, worked it all out. And, yeah. um, I don't know, I just feel really blessed. Like, God has really blessed me. I feel financially lately and so yeah um it's just an awesome thing and it has relieved some of the stresses <laughs> some of the stress. and, you know that sort of thing so that's a I mean that's awesome that really is a praise report so yeah so yeah I'm excited about that. well you know what I got a personal praise report too for you okay <laughs> here we go I was just thinking about this literally as you were talking as many of you know I'm getting married you know in May <laughs> And I had a year and a half to plan my wedding, and I waited until the last six months to do it. <laughs> but it's fine. Everything's fine. Because everything is falling into place, you know? It is. Everything's, like, paid for, and I don't know. It's not stressing me out anymore. <laughs> so, anyway. That is a pressure report. It's kind of a pressure report. It is. For me. You don't want to be Don't want to be stressed, stressed out about, about your it. wedding day, so. And, side note. I know we're going to mention Pastor's podcast later, but his podcast is about how to deal with stress. Hey. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. go listen to that. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, all the reports we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. For this week, but I think they're good ones. They are good ones. So we're just going to hop right into our devotional because like we said before, we've got tons of stuff. We got so, we have so many notes. We have like five pages of notes, guys. I'm not even freaking kidding you right now. More. I don't know. It might be more. But we, the past two weeks, we've been talking about holiness. The first week, we talked about general holiness. The second week, we talked about inward holiness, you know, how holiness has to start on the inside. So this week, we're going to be talking about outward holiness. And, you know, we've said inward holiness produces outward holiness. So we're going to take a look at what outward holiness is exactly. And so when we're talking about outward holiness, we're talking about how you dress, your hygiene, and like healthy living and that kind of stuff. So the biggest one that we have the most notes on, <laughs> actually, is dress. So if we take a look at Deuteronomy 22.5, it says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. The key to interpreting this chapter is to realize that Christ's death abolished the ceremonial law, but not the moral law, which if you take a look at Colossians 2, 16 and 17, God's moral law stands forever. And verse 5 is part of that moral law in Deuteronomy. So God designed it to prevent certain moral evils, such as blurring the blurring of sexual roles and homosexuality. If it was an abomination to God in the past, then it is still an abomination today. If you take a look at Malachi 3, 6, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So God never changes, neither does his word. So we no longer offer animal sacrifices, and if you've read the Bible, you know there's a ton of animal sacrifices. But the truth remains that there is no redemption without the shedding of blood, and only Jesus' blood atones for that sin. So we no longer offer animal sacrifices because Jesus paid the ultimate price by his blood. So we don't have to sacrifice that animals anymore yeah yeah i and i really like that olivia is bringing this up because um 
when people, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions before about why I dress the way that I dress. Yes. Particularly why do I wear skirts and stuff like that. And, you know, I have brought this scripture up before, Deuteronomy 22.5, about, you know, that a woman should not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, and neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. And I've, you know, there's been people, I guess, that have said, well, but that is not something that we do anymore. Right. And in fact, though, it is because, like Olivia was saying, it's it's part of God's moral law that stands forever. Mm-hmm. So morals, they don't change. Morals have always been the same, oh, yeah. right? Like murder is murder. Lying is lying. Stealing is stealing. Mm-hmm. So this is actually part of God's moral law. And so like what Olivia was saying, that the loss of ceremony doesn't change the principle behind it. So when she mentioned, like, we no longer offer animal sacrifices, that was the ceremony that they used to do to get forgiveness for their sins. Right. For, you know. But when Jesus died on the cross, the the ceremony, if you will, changed. We now, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, so now we can ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But the principle behind that's the same. We are still getting, you know, redemption for our sins. Right. So the ceremony, that part might be different, but the principle behind it is still the same. Yeah. And so um, in the same way, God's moral law is the same. So that scripture is actually part of God's moral law and to know with it saying that it is an abomination unto God and that, um, you know, God doesn't change. If it was an abomination then, then it is still an abomination now. And I just feel like that puts a lot more, I guess, weight to that scripture. Um, and you know, God, because God wants a separation, um, between, man and woman he wants a separation and distinction between those two um god doesn't want men to appear as women or women to appear as men so i think you know that we can say most people can say that wearing pants make a woman look more like a man than a woman um and it's the same way as a dress would cause a man to look more feminine So even if a man, like if we're talking about a man wearing a dress in this case, if a man were even to change up the style of the dress, which is essentially what women have done Mm -hmm. with pants, it would still be obvious that he's wearing a woman's garment. Yeah. Correct? When we think of it in that way, yes. Mm -hmm. And it works the same way with women wearing pants. So having women's pants is basically the same thing as having a man's dress. And in history, we find that it was the norm for women. It was the norm for women to wear dresses yeah, for a long before. Time. Um, so, you know, making the statement that I just made a minute ago would probably made a lot of sense to people back then. You know, back then. However, um, uh, it was like around the mid 20th century, which we looked up the exact. Mm-hmm. I guess, years for this, yeah. which is roughly 1933 to 1967. That's when women really started to incorporate pants into their everyday wardrobe. Yeah. Um, so that's when it started to become, I guess, socially, socially acceptable right. for women to wear pants. But something that I kind of was thinking about with this is that um, if something is socially acceptable, it doesn't mean that it's biblically acceptable. So... A good example, I think, of this is that um, sex before marriage is something that, unfortunately, in our world today has become socially acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. It has. Yeah. Um, however, like, we know that that is not biblically acceptable. You know, we have scripture to back that up. Same thing with homosexuality. That's also become socially acceptable. But, again, it's not biblically acceptable. And it's the same thing with women wearing pants. It... Women wearing pants became socially acceptable in the mid-20th century. But, again, it's not biblically acceptable. And the Bible is clearly stating that women should not wear that which pertains to a man and 
the same that mentioned that where that which pertains to a woman. Right. Um, found in that scripture we were talking about earlier, Deuteronomy 22.5. So, um, like I said before, if something is socially acceptable, it doesn't mean it's biblically acceptable. Mm-hmm. We can see it clearly with other examples, and it's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing with this topic. Um, and in addition to women not wearing that which pertains to a man, when we think about pants also, mm-hmm. pants typically are going to be more immodest for a woman because they're going to reveal more outlines of legs, thighs, hips, so yeah. forth. Um, and we'll get more into, because that kind of even goes into more like tight clothing sort of thing. And we'll kind of go into that a little bit more too, because that goes along with what we're going to be talking about in a minute. Right. Also, I just kind of wanted to say something right here. Um, a lot of people, like I will say growing up, a lot of people were, were always like, well, where does it say that you have to wear skirts? Or where yeah. does it say, you know, that kind of thing. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. Because, like, does the Bible say that you have to wear skirts? No, it does not. But it there is the separation between men and women. Men are, our day and age, men wear pants. Yeah. So the distinction between the two. Anyway, I just, yeah, uh, that's kind of just popped in my head. But anyways. Yeah. No, it's good. So if we take a look at 1 Timothy 2.9, it says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. So shamefacedness in the scripture means is reverence to God, not drawing attention to themselves, ourselves. And this word sobriety means self-control in the scripture. We're also going to take a look at Isaiah 47.1-3. And I'm going to read that first. It says, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. I'm sorry if I don't say things exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't, uh, that's how I pronounce that word. Anyway, <laughs> moving forward. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. So, um, basically in the scriptures, God compared Babylon's downfall to a woman's shame in having her nakedness exposed, which in the scriptures is saying when she bears her leg and uncovers her thigh. So, this scripture is describing how uncovering your thigh is considered nakedness in the eyes of God. So, the story is just showing how it is actually considered shameful to not be covered in that area on your thigh. Um, So, you know, the Bible is teaching us in that that covering covering our thighs is an important part to being modest, Um, which actually it makes a lot of sense too when you look at the Greek word for modest. And um, the Greek word for modest is now, like I said, I don't always pronounce things correctly. But the Greek word for modest is catastal. That's how I'm going to say it. I don't know. Sounds right to me. Um, And that actually means long and flowing. So that makes a lot of sense that, um, you know, covering our thighs would be considered nakedness when the Mm -hmm. word modest in the Greek is meaning long and flowing. Right. So it should be covering our thigh. Um, Our, you know, our dress should be covering our thigh sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the same thing kind of, you know, goes... For a man as well. Yeah, I was going to say. Covering our thigh. Yeah. Um, and we're not saying like your clothes need to be touching the floor, man. Right. That's not what we're talking about. But um, in order to be modest, we should be covering our thighs, um, which, again, makes sense when we look at the Greek word for modest, long and flowing. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to say right here, for me personally, modesty, like when I think of modest dress and how I want to be covered up. I don't want anybody else to see me like that. Like, yeah, that is, I feel like that is reserved only for marriage. Like, yeah, right. That kind of thing. I don't know. That's just my thought process. So, and that's good because that's going to go with what we're going to go into. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. <laughs> um, so Olivia does bring up a good point with um, being modest. You know, Jesus said that 
it's adulterous for a man to look upon a woman with lust. So it would also be adulterous for a person to expose his body so that others would be caused to lust after him. Yep. And so that's kind of, um, you know, I feel like what Olivia is getting at is, you know, the way we dress is important not only to be pleasing to God, but like to be helpful to others as yeah. well. Um, and it's not just women that we're talking about that need to dress modestly here. We're, I mean, it's men too. Men and women should be careful with what they wear mm-hmm. so that they aren't becoming a stumbling block for somebody else and causing someone to lust after them Yeah, just because of the way that they're dressed. Yeah. Because that happens. Yeah, it does. Um. So, you know, modesty also, it's not just about the length that we were talking about a minute ago, but also the tightness of our clothes because, you know, that's where same thing, you know, you don't want to cause somebody to lust after you and tight clothing can cause an issue with that. Yeah. Because tight clothing, obviously that's, I think that's obvious. You can see everything. It's going to reveal more. Um, And that goes for both men and women again. Um, it, It, you know, it works both ways there. Also, I want to say, like, not just tight clothing, too, but, like, how reveal like, your tops, how revealing your tops are, too. Because, like, you need to be covered, like, completely covered. I, you know, everybody struggles with that, but, like, it's not just how tight your clothes are, but it's, like, where is your clothes hitting you? What is being, what are people able to see? Because I... For me, I want people to be able to look at me and, like, think, wow, she dresses very modestly. Yeah. She must be a Christian. She must go to church and that kind of thing. That's what I am thinking whenever I'm dressing yeah. modestly. So. Which is really good because that is something that people are going to notice. They do. And they, um, and I think what's cool about that is that oftentimes, and this has happened before, that somebody will be like, man, like they'll notice maybe the way I'm dressed or mm-hmm. something. And then it will turn into a conversation about something else. Yeah. Um, to talk about something else, to talk about church, to talk about God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. You want to be able to do that. You want people to know that you serve God and you have a relationship with God. And because that's just gonna, you know, hopefully bring others to God as well. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you said that because I was just thinking like back in like high school and junior high when I started wearing skirts, I always like when people would ask me like, oh, why do you wear skirts? I didn't know the reason why. I would just say, oh, it's my religion. But then when the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, it's not. It's like I was able to finally be like, well, it's a commitment that I made. Yeah. Like to myself and to God. It's like, how yeah, it's part of like building my relationship yeah. and things like that. And that's the kind of thing that people are like, oh, it's not just her church is making her dress like this. Exactly. And so people are curious and, you know, it does open up a conversation for other things too. Yeah. So, so obviously modesty is an, an important thing, um, you know, to also, you know, to help other people mm-hmm. and to be pleasing to God. And I've always known, you know, that, like, modesty was an important thing and it was a good thing and all of that. And I think um, I realized modesty was important even more when um, my boyfriend Ricky had brought up. And this is probably one of my favorite compliments oh, ever yeah. that I have ever received. Um, he complimented me on how I always dress so modestly. He's like, you know, you always just dress so modestly and... He really liked that I did that. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like the best compliment I feel like I've ever received. I don't know that anyone's ever really complimented me on that before. Um, And he just kind of said that, you know, complimented me on that and said that, you know, that helps to put a, I guess, like a safeguard within our relationship. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's really true. Yeah. And, um just kind of, like, made me realize again, like, it is important that we dress modestly. Yeah. So. Also, I just want to add, the right person will appreciate your modesty. Like That's true, yeah. They will enjoy that you dress modestly. Like, 
the type of you don't want to be with the type yeah. of person who wants you to dress provocatively for them like right. before you're married right because right. that is a no-no that's not okay that is they do not respect you i just wanted to add that that's there. right olivia's the, throwing out that relationship advice I'm right there saying, that's like, true, if you want that's someone true. to respect all of you then you like they should respect you dressing modestly yeah so anyway just throw that tidbit in there anyway that's good get off my and then you know one other thing kind of about you know dressing modestly so that we're not being a stumbling block to other people in matthew 5 28 it talks about how it's possible to commit adultery with the eyes only so dressing in modestly can cause someone to sin and god is you know gonna hold you accountable for that so we don't want to be a stumbling block to other people yeah i think that that kind of reflects poorly on you too yeah like when you are causing other people to have those thoughts like you're just as i would say you're just as guilty as them actually having the thought right so yeah it's important to dress modestly y'all also talking about dressing modestly you know have you ever thought about the how the clothing you put on affects how you feel too like larsa and i have talked you know we feel good like we feel good when we like our outfits but also as women when we wear a dress or a skirt i like i feel more ladylike and act more ladylike with like the way i sit or the way i walk that kind of thing too and the same thing happens when you wear something that is immodest you'll begin to think of yourself as that way and act accordingly so if you are wearing an immodest outfit, it tends to make others see themselves as seductive and then they will act accordingly. You know, that goes to show it's that, true. you know, your actions speak very loudly, like, and are affected by a lot of other things. Like if you're dressing provocatively, you're more than likely going to act provocatively. It yeah. all goes, it all goes hand and in hand. And that just is a reminder that holiness starts on the inside. On the inside. It all goes back to that. Yeah, it all goes back to that. Holiness starts on the inside, and we said before, a modest spirit's going to produce modest Modest dress. dress. Yep. Now we're going to look at some biblical examples of immodesty. So the first one that we have is when David saw... I hate saying her name. Bathsheba. Bathsheba. (laughs) I don't know why why I hate it. saying her name. (laughs) No, it's weird. Anyway, when David saw Bathsheba bathing, he yielded... To the temptation to commit adultery. And if you know that story, you can find it in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5. Yeah. And but then, that's a big example of... Yeah. Of immodesty. And she was bathing on her... Right. On her, like, what is it? Like a patio kind of thing? What was it? I don't know what it's called, what she was doing, but, you know, I'm probably thinking patio because of VeggieTales. Thanks a lot, VeggieTales. <laughs> anyway, she was um, washed. She was taking a bath and... Um, David saw her and he acted on that temptation, you know? Yeah. Which is what we were just talking about a minute ago. Right. Um, obviously dressing immodestly can cause others Others. to fall. So that's why it's, that's That's one reason why it's important. Mm -hmm. Um, another example of immodesty in the Bible is, um, when the demons and the maniac of Gadara caused him to tear his clothes off. Um, but when Jesus cast the demons out, the man wore, began to wear clothes again, which also is interesting because, mm-hmm. um, he tore his clothes off and when Jesus cast the demons out, he wore clothes, he began to wear clothes again. Right. So it's just kind of showing us that like God cares about, about what we're wearing. Yeah. God cares. Um, and that story is found in Luke, if you're wanting to look at that a little mm-hmm. bit more, Luke 8, 26 through 36. Um, and also, to kind of go along with that, um, Adam and Eve is another example. When they found out they were naked, they wanted to cover themselves because they were embarrassed. Um, and first of all, this was like the first feeling of shame, like first feeling, feeling of that it's shameful to be dressed immodestly. Yeah. Um, and the story also demonstrates, again, just like I was kind of saying with the other one, how God is concerned about what we're wearing. Um, and specifically in this story, Adam and Eve, God actually changes their appearance. So Adam and Eve, they clothe themselves with fig leaves. Um, but God actually changed their appearance and clothed them with animal skins. So 
I kind of had a thought about this the other day, too. I was like, you know what? You know, God does care about what we wear. I can tell because he had them change to animal skins. But then I thought about it a little bit more and thought, hmm, like, I wonder how modest the fig leaves really were. Probably were not they probably modest. not very modest? So um, it's just interesting, you know, that God changed them to wear animal skins. So it's just another way that we can see that God is concerned about how we are appearing. Yeah. So now that we've said all of that about modesty, that was just about dress, everyone. That's just a That's kind of about how we dress. Just about dress. Being we modest, have, men and women. Yes, be modest, men and women of God. But now we want to go into a little bit more. Um, in First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty, it says, "What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." So your body is a temple, and there are things that we have to do to take care of our bodies. Your body is not your own. It belongs to God. He created you, so it belongs to him. And a couple of things that I just want to touch on just a little bit. You know, we kind of mentioned it before, and taking care of your body. Hygiene. You need to take a shower frequently. (laughs) You need to wash your hair, men and women both. You need to wear deodorant. (laughs) These are very obvious things, Yeah. um, like we do every day, but they are pleasing to God. Yeah. Cleanliness is next to godliness, yo. (laughs) truth but not only hygiene but healthy living you know yeah the bible talks about um gluttony and i people we are so we you know i feel like people sometimes joke about gluttony and and i think people tend to look over it but gluttony is a sin and it's a very serious thing because overeating causes you to be unhealthy which is not good so eat healthy eat within reason don't eat until you're sick until you're vomiting you know that's not good for you first of all but the bible also says not to do it yo right so and that's probably something that like think about here in america that probably we often forget yeah you know let's just be real everybody we do forget that that is something that is important that and that we should try to probably be a little bit healthier than what we are because you know when we really pay attention to that scripture and think Mm -hmm. about you know our body is the temple of god we should be doing those things too. I even read somewhere that said like keep it, you know, healthy. I even read somewhere that said like overeating is kind of like idolatry because you're idolizing the Ooh. food you eat, which is like oh, that's good, mind blowing. I'm like, well, yeah, if you're overeating and yeah. like, you know, not I love, I love food. <laughs> I love it. It is my favorite thing ever. But I don't idolize it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like kind of mind blowing to me to think about that. Like people, people do idolize food, and I think that's yeah. a big reason why America is so obese. You know, that's true. Anyway, so our bodies are a temple, and we need to take care of it, not just with how we eat, but how we adorn ourselves. And we're going to talk a little bit about why we don't have tattoos and wear jewelry or wear makeup. Yeah. So I'm just going to hit tattoos real quick with one scripture because I think it's pretty pretty obvious you know what it's saying it says straightforward yeah the bible clearly states in leviticus 19 28 ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead nor print any marks upon you i am the lord and if that's not more i don't i don't know how much more like obvious that scripture could be (laughs) like don't get tattoos just don't get them they're just not they're not it yo plus (laughs) also they don't look good over time like let's be real they just don't. Right. So, um, the Bible always associates the use of makeup with wicked women. And we're going to take a look at Jezebel. Jezebel tried to seduce, I don't know how to say his name. I say Jehu. Jehu. <laughs> I don't know. Jehu. 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 We'll just go with Jehu. Jezebel tried to seduce Jehu so that he would not kill her. She used makeup as an ornamentation. And in Second Kings 9.30... It says, and when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face, tired her hair, and looked out a window. The Bible frequently associates jewelry with a proud attitude and a moral lifestyle or pagan worship. Jezebel is an example of living in a moral lifestyle, and she wore makeup and jewelry. 
So in the scripture, tired means to arrange your hair elaborately and put ornaments on your head or in your hair. So this was something Olivia and I actually, I told her, I said, man, you know, this is something I think maybe we forget about. And I was like, yeah. you know, maybe I forget about even too, because mm-hmm. it's talking about arranging your hair elaborately and yeah. putting ornaments in it. And it's like, sometimes, sometimes we, you know, I have really long hair and I like to do, I like to do cool, you know, pretty hairstyles and yeah. stuff like that. But it's like, you know, I probably should pay a little bit more attention to yeah. that and make sure I'm not doing it too, so elaborately, elaborately that yeah. I'm, you know, trying to show off or trying to draw attention to myself, you know, because that is, God is, you know, not wanting us to do that. Yeah. And so, I don't know, we, when looking at that again, I was like, wow, you know, I probably need to pay a little bit more attention to that myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I'm pretty lazy most of the time, so my hair is like <laughs> usually just in a messy bun, so it's not that elaborate, but yeah. when it is, I, you know, we all need to, I think we, it's something that we all need to be mindful of. Yeah, for sure. So talking more about jewelry, an adulterous woman used extravagant clothing and ornaments of gold to attract her lovers. You can read more about that in Jeremiah 4.30. Her many lovers gave her bracelets and crowns, but God warned her that all jewels would be stripped away in judgment. So we should not be wearing jewelry or makeup or um, getting tattoos because an adulterous woman like this is an example of an adulterous woman who did wear those things and all those things would be stripped away in judgment also i just wanted to say that like fancy jewelry and all that stuff that's not going with you when you go to heaven i'm just saying that's true yeah and i also it they're they're all material yes i wanted to go back to that scripture that talked about costly array because you said something about like how much money we spend on our clothes yeah and that kind of thing and yes, I like nice clothes. I like yeah. I like nice clothes. Everybody does. Yeah. But we should also be conscious of what we're spending because like I said before, we can't take what we're we can't take any yeah. of this stuff to heaven. And it is saying costly array, so like costly clothing, you know. Yeah. We should be mindful about how much we're spending and not only just that, like it talks about the, the there's other scriptures in the Bible that talk about um Finances, yeah. basically. Being good stewards of your Being money. Being good stewards of your money is one I'm thinking of. And to owe no man nothing sort of thing. And so right. those things, um, you know, like that's important. The reason we're talking about this is because have, have wearing makeup and having tattoos and wearing jewelry is associated with people who lived immoral lifestyles in the Bible, which is, you know, and there are many different instances in the Bible. We're just talking about the one, uh, just a couple. Yeah, and another one I want to talk about um, in Proverbs 6.25, Solomon warned young men to avoid the immoral woman who would use painted eyelids as one of her seductive techniques. So that scripture actually says, Bless not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. Wow, Mm, right there. That's powerful. Just saying, that really is... um, the painting of the eyelids, you know, that's makeup that they're referring to. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about how makeup was being used as a seductive technique. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked about dressing modestly a little bit ago. Um, So, you know, basically we don't want others to lust after us. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing with makeup. Um it was used as a, as a seductive technique. So it's kind of very similar in mm-hmm. that way. Um, and also another example that we can talk about um, in Jeremiah 4.30 and Ezekiel 23.40, um, God compared his unfaithful people in these scriptures to an adulteress who adorned herself for her lovers. So Jeremiah 4.30 says, And when thou art spoiled, what wilt thou do? Though thou clothe thyself with crimson, though thou, thou deckest thee with ornaments of gold, though thou wrenchest thy face with painting, in vain shalt thou make thyself, thyself fair. Thy lovers will despise thee, they will seek thy life. So in that scripture, you know, it's talking about ornaments of gold, jewelry, um, face with painting, makeup. 
um, Ezekiel 23:40 says, And furthermore, that ye have sent for men to come from far, unto whom a messenger was sent, and lo, they came. For whom thou didst wash thyself, paintest thy eyes, and deckest thyself with ornaments. Again, makeup and jewelry mm-hmm. is coming up in those instances. So, also, sorry, I just want to say, yeah. at the end of that scripture, like, it says, Thy lovers will despise thee, they will seek thy life. That kind of, t- like, people being envious of you for the wrong ways, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, that brings up a good thing, too, with as far as, you know, jewelry and costly way and yeah. things like that. You don't, um, we're not wanting to bring attention to us. Yeah. You know, we're wanting to bring attention to God with the way that we dress and the way that we're appearing to others. Mm-hmm. And those things are can bring attention to just us. It's yeah. not bringing attention to God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so those were the examples that we kind of wanted to bring up. Um, as far as, you know, examples of jewelry and makeup being associated with Im- immoral lifestyles. Um, but one person that we want to talk about hey. that this is um this she stands in contrast to all the vain women that are mentioned in the bible and it's esther that we want to talk about now we did a whole podcast yes. on esther yes. and esther is like my favorite bible story oh, i love esther i love it so much but um in the book of esther um when a woman was brought before the persian king she was allowed to beautify herself so she could beautify herself with things um, like jewelry and makeup. Um, but Esther, when she went, because she was going to go before the king, mm-hmm. when she went, she requested nothing. Um, she only used what the king's Enoch selected. So the Bible only records that she used oil of myrrh, perfume, and other preparations to purify the skin, as stated in Esther twelve or 2.12. So she did not put on makeup. She did not adorn herself with jewelry. She, we, you know, just naturally. Hygiene. Yeah, Hygiene. Natural, natural beauty sort of thing. Like oil of myrrh, pure perfume, and other preparations to purify the skin. So, and we know Esther's amazing story and her yes. testimony and all those things. And so, if that's how Esther was portraying herself Mm -hmm. and you know the testimony she has and she was living for god that's kind of just another example of you know wow this is how we should be wanting to live our lives also yes so now that we've covered all of that we just want to say like the bible tells us to be content with the way god made us philippians 4 11 says not that i speak in respect of want for i have learned in whatsoever state i am therewith to be content. And this includes like coloring your hair. Like this is the this is a way that you are changing how you look. This scripture talks about being content. Yeah. You know, with who you are. So also with that scripture, like being content, that goes along with like makeup and stuff yes. like that. When you put on makeup, you are changing your the appearance. way you look. Yes. And you know, in my opinion, when we are changing the way we look, you know, how does that make God feel Yeah, that we're wanting to change the way we look? Like that we don't, maybe that, does that make God kind of sad? Like, oh, well, didn't I create them beautiful? Yeah. We're beautiful to him. So I wonder, you know, I just kind of wonder sometimes how that makes him feel. And also I think one other quick thing with makeup that I was thinking about, I actually heard this, this was on a message that was preached. Now, message was probably preached before I was alive but (laughs) I heard it um later on and the guy that was speaking said something about you know whoever said that men were okay but that like women needed help and I was like you know what that is true true. like wow you know why is it like that you know that is kind of a strange thing um to think about but the scripture about being content, again, that goes along with, you know, the whole makeup thing. We should be content with how we look and happy with ourselves. Also, along with makeup, I just want to say, like, if you pay attention, if you see people who wear a lot of makeup, 
I think that it changes the way you look. Like when you take all of it off. Yeah. I think it cha- it makes it I think it like deteriorates your skin in a way because you're putting so much Makeup on. can actually be bad for your skin. Yes. Well, yes yeah, it can, it but can like be. also you're putting so much makeup on and changing your face that when you take it off, yeah. you look like a completely different person. Right, right. And I don't know. I just that's why I don't wear makeup because well, obviously because yeah. of other things too, but even when I wasn't in church, like I didn't want to wear makeup because I don't yeah. know. It just change. It just changed the way I looked. Right, right. It's not really good for your skin. So right. Now going back to coloring hair, um, Matthew five thirty six says, "Neither shalt thou swear by the head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black." Gray hair is actually considered a crown of glory. In Proverbs sixteen thirty one, it says, "The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness." And hoary comes from the Hebrew word. Seba, I don't know if I'm saying that right, which means gray hairs and old age. So if we read that scripture again, it could say the gray hairs is a the gray hair is a crown of glory that be found in the way of righteousness. So coloring your hair is also kind of changing the way you look you too look and you're because period. you know, growing old and your gray hairs is considered a crown of glory. So and if we take a look at Proverbs twenty twenty nine, it says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the gray head. So again, it's just talking about how your gray hair is beautiful, you know? So when your hair starts going gray, don't color it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is pretty. Um, also, you know, with all of the things that we're talking about today with outward holiness, um, it's important that we understand that... I know sometimes this is a this is a big topic and there's a lot there that sometimes maybe it's hard for people to really understand and we we're trying to make it so that maybe you understand a little bit better but also what's going to help you with understanding these things better is the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That is going to give you understanding. When you read your Bible, you know, I don't know about anyone else, but when I read my Bible, the Holy Ghost helps me to understand yeah. what I am reading. And so it's going to help you with understanding this topic. And if you, like, ask God to help you with understanding this topic, he's going to help you understand this topic yeah, a little bit better. Um, and also, you know, conviction kind of comes into play with these sorts of things as well. Yeah. Um, you know, for me personally, all of these things that we are bringing up and talking about today, those are not only, you know, like, I know I'm to do this because this is the word of God and this is what it says – but it's also my personal conviction right. to do all of these things. It really is. Like, yeah. I am personally convicted to, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm personally convicted that I need to, you know, I know I need to wear skirts. Yes. And to dress modestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I am convicted of wearing makeup and jewelry, coloring my hair, mm-hmm. tattoos, all those things. Those are all actually my personal convictions. Yeah. So, you know, if you need more understanding of these topics, you know, ask God to help you and he's going to help you with it. And also, we kind of said it before, like, how out, like, inward holiness, like, produces outward holiness. Like, this is, like we said, conviction too, but like, inward holiness, I think conviction goes into play with that too. Because understanding how our inward holiness needs to work and things like that, like, that produces... Like we said, I think we've said it, we said it last time where like having holiness, having inward holiness kind of helps you understand like the things like right from wrong, basically. Yeah. So, um, and you know, talking about outward holiness today, yes, it is important, but I want to just say again, like it doesn't mean anything though, if we don't have inward holiness, Mm -hmm. you can dress modestly, but you can have a lustful heart. Yep. And you need to have both of those, both outward and inward holiness need to be present in our mm-hmm. lives. Um, you know, you really, you don't want to have one without the other no. sort of thing. You can't really have you one You really without. can't have one without the other. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You can't have one without the other because true holiness is inward and outward. Yep. Um, so it's really important. And I really hope that, you know... Our listeners, I hope that maybe you gain more understanding on this or, um, 
no, I just hope that maybe it helped you in some sort of way. Um, this has been a really good series, I yeah, think. It has. Um, For me personally, like, I learned a lot, like, doing this. Yeah. And, you know, Larissa had all, y'all, Larissa's holiness notes. She has a entire binder sitting here of all of her holiness notes. I have learned, <laughs> I've actually learned a lot <laughs> of stuff just from um, doing this. So it's actually helped me personally, too. Yeah, and I've studied this topic quite a few times, I guess, but um, it was good to revisit it because it's like I know these things and everything, but I kind of like went back and was revisiting all of these notes and stuff, and I was like, oh my gosh, wow, like, you know, I guess it just gave me even more appreciation for, mm-hmm. for it again. Like, not that I didn't have that already, I did, but it was like even more appreciation for this, mm-hmm. you know, living the way that I live sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's going to kind of conclude our holiness, holiness series. I'm kind of sad it's ending. I'm kind of sad, too, because it was Like, what really else can good. we talk about? Yeah. <laughs> it was really good, it and I good. hope it, you guys enjoyed it. Um, so, with that being said, I guess it's time for us to go into our weekly worship playlist. Hey. Which I'm excited about. Because the first song now, listen, guys, I've said before, I play songs on repeat over and over and over. Yes. I do. I literally spent an entire, like, I don't know, two-hour car ride listening to the same song over and over. Okay, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. So, anyway, this first song that I'm mentioning is a song that I have been playing over and over. (laughs) But it's called Egypt by Bethel Music and Corey Asbury. And, oh, my gosh. I love this song so much. I think I've only heard it, like, one time. But the one time I heard it. I wonder how many times I've actually listened to it. Like, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, go check that one out. That one is really good. Yeah. The next song that we have is, and I know we've had this song on our list before. I don't remember when it was, but it's Never Lost by Elevation. And it's the morning and evening version. And I have put so many songs from this um, from this album on because the morning and evening album is like a stripped down version of a bunch of their songs. Yeah. And I love that type of stuff. But I also love the song Never Lost. So yeah. Like, you should That's go check song. it out. The next song we have is Quiet by Elevation Rhythm, and this is a, and if you can't tell, I like Elevation. I do too. Um, but this is just a good song. I just like it. It is a good one. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, this one I know I've put on at one point on our weekly worship playlist, but it's uh, like a little bit of a different version of it. Um, it just, it's featuring some other people, but it's called Rest on Us. And it's by Maverick City Music in Upper Room, featuring Brandon Lake. And I do not know how to say this name. I'm so sorry, everybody. But Enolia Abioy. Enola Yeah. I'm just not going to get the picture. Yeah. So anyways, that's a good song. And then the last one I have um, is Miracles by Colton Dixon. So this one's going to be a little bit other different style than the other ones. But I used to love Colton Dixon oh so much, by the way. I still like him, but... I used to listen to him all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. So anyways, this is like a newer one by him that I just happen to really like. Yeah. So go check out our songs, y'all. They're good stuff. So we're going to go into our events for the next couple of weeks. Um, the first thing uh, we have is we mentioned earlier, Pastor released another podcast. Um, his podcast is called Solid Rock Everything. And Larissa said before, he talks about um, dealing with stress mm-hmm. in that podcast. The Christian way to yes. deal with stress. And you know what? It's a series, actually. It's, I think. Yeah. I think that's a good thing that everybody should listen to because yeah. sometimes you don't know how to deal with your stress right. properly. Pro- learning how to properly deal with your stress is very important. Yeah. So, yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. And then the next event we have is, of course, we've got church every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. 10 a.m. is Sunday school. 11 a.m. is our evangelistic service. And then Wednesdays at 7 p.m. because we're back. We're not no virtual anymore. Virtual services were fun. Not going to lie. I was about to say a funny little what catchphrase, but I don't know if it's funny or not. Oh, go ahead. Say it. <laughs> I was about to say we're no longer virtual. Praise them, raise them. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Okay, moving on. I don't know. So, Let's ladies, prayer. <laughs> This is, have, it's actually getting we're recording this is actually getting kind of late and so listen guys sorry that's my dog <laughs> yeah so listen guys like 
I don't know. My sense of humor is really ridiculous sometimes. When it gets late enough, you know, fine. you just kind of like kind of like slap happy. I just said get kind of like twice. Anyway, I moving on. So the next event we have is Ladies Prayer. I can't remember if we announced this last time, but Ladies Prayer is back on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. And Ladies Prayer is just phenomenal. I'm it just is saying really good. Mm-hmm. they are some praying. There we have our church has some praying women in it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. So And also every Tuesday at seven PM is Be Free. Uh, Be Free from Addiction. And that is at our church. We do that in the fellowship hall. The Venturas are over that mm-hmm. and that is doing great. Um so if you know anyone that would like to be a part of that or like to help with that, you can see them. Yeah. Our next one, we have we have a lot of events, y'all. Yeah, we do. Our next one is for the youth people out there, the youth listeners, if you don't go to our church. Uh, youth split sessions, uh, March 19th. I don't know what you're doing, and I don't know where it's at. Don't know all the deets yet. Don't know all the deets, but we'll it's going to happen, so plan for it, March 19th. And then, I'm excited about this next oh, event. Oh, freaking two. Yes. Let's go. We're having ladies breakfast and shopping on Saturday. Thanks, Sister Allison. On Saturday, March 20th at 9 a.m., we're going to Brick Road Bistro. Cute coffee shop in Lewisburg. It's also an antique store. Yes, it's it's connected to an antique store. It's literally like, if y'all know what the coffee pot is, think of like the coffee pot had a baby with one of the antique stores and that's what you got it's a coffee pie and i don't know i'm getting weird now okay anyway all right let's let's continue <laughs> let's continue so the last one we have is um a ladies meeting on monday march 22nd at 6 30 p.m we haven't had one in a while so that'll be good yeah i think they're doing the secret sisters that night too i so. think so yeah if you're interested in doing that yeah all right well that concludes our events that was a lot of events that was um and that concludes our podcast for this week um wow we've gone pretty long tonight i know (laughs) but um i hope you guys really enjoy this and i hope that you learn something you can take something away from this um if you have any other questions for us send them our way because um you know, if there's anything you're like, man, I, I want to learn a little bit about more of this, what you were talking right. about. Or I'd like to know about this. Like, send those questions our way because we will, I mean, we'll do a podcast about it and answer any yeah. other questions that you have centering this topic or any other topics that yeah. you might have. Well, probably if we, you know, if people send us questions, we could do another, you know, Q&A. We did a Q&A before, yeah. So. We could do one again. Yeah. So let us know. And thanks for tuning in today. Yeah, guys. Until next time. Peace. Peace. We both said that at the same time. What? What? Later. Anyway, bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening today. Check out our Facebook under Breaking the Silence and our Instagram at, at Breaking the Silence 20. We will be posting updates there every week. Again, thanks for listening in, you guys, and have a great week.